Elizabeth, good morning, everyone. Wow, the cold in the spine is still here. Yes, really shaking. I'm very happy to hear from Marabella this morning. And uh, how to say, very still believing that God can do something different in my life. Because she said that in one year, she wants to be fluent in Bimanis or something like this. And she's a doctor in linguistics. I'm here five years and I'm trying to learn English. And so maybe God can still do something that he did a few years ago. And you heard about it there in Jerusalem in one night when the apostles were praying. And maybe in that feast, people from different countries, different worlds, different places came and they could understand in their own language. So we need again these things happen here. So yeah, I will try to speak something near to English and you will try to understand by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is amazing, this is amazing. Yeah, somebody told me that I have no time to make jokes in other languages, and so let's try to have our time for the Word of God. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you very much. I feel myself loved when I have this opportunity to share the Word of God. There is nothing in this world, nothing in my life that I love more than share the Word of God, not even football, Ed. This is my pleasure. This is the, the place I would love to be every day, in every opportunity. Despite all the, the, the challenges of the language, of the culture, of the different things, different people, to share the word of God is a privilege. It's a blessing. It's a present to us. And I would like to take these moments. Yes, I cannot see the, the clock, the watch, and so please feel free to stay quiet while we spend one hour preaching here. Yeah, this is my way. I used to say that we preach in what we believe. It's supposed to be this way. We need to share things that we live, we try to live and put in practice because we believe in what we heard, in what changed our lives. So this is what I, I try to share, with, to share with you all every time that I can, and not only in English, but in any language that we can speak, is what changed our lives that we want to share. Spurgeon, the prince of the preachers, wow, British, English. He said that sometimes we preach better what we must need to hear. And I believe in that, that sometimes, very, very often, I preach better what I need to hear myself. So this is what I want to share with you. The test we just read is not an easy one. It's not a soft one. It's not something that will make a message in our hearts or tell us that is everything okay. It's all good. You don't need to change. Just live the life in the way you want and it's everything okay because he's there for you. He will bless you anyway. No. This is a test that is very hard and strong, trying to make us think and trying to make us believe in what we want to live. It's the sequence of the, the last verses of the chapter one when Peter is talking about holiness, to be holy, the kind of word that we don't want to hear anymore because it's so far from us. But I will go to my point. And uh, the TV there is 
of. So this is my title for today, the privilege of being church. It's a privilege. And I will use this word many times today. I hope so. Because it is a privilege of being church, to be church, to be here, to be part of this family. And someone once compared the church with the Noah's Ark. Can you see the picture there? Yes, if it weren't for the mortal flood, flood, flood outside, the rain, the death, people dying, if it wasn't for that, no one could stand to stay inside it. I tried to have a picture from inside, but they didn't allow. It was a cleaning shift. And so the thing was not very beautiful there. For this one, you should laugh. It was a joke. <laughs> you say, not in other language. Don't try this, Arabella. Don't try that. It will not work. Yes, so many differences inside that ark. So many differences. Sounds, shapes, temperaments, even smells. Different smells. Someone's very hard to deal with. Differences. And in general, us, people, we are not very good to dwell or to deal with differences. Isn't it true? Everything that is different causes us some fear, some reaction, some rejection. It's different. We are not very well or we are not very good to deal with differences. But there was life there inside. Life. That was the promise. That was what God did. Okay, outside is everything terrible. If you think that here is difficult, there is death. You have life inside. And sometimes because of our differences, the church is like a headache. We need to be honest. A headache, and you know about this. You know about headache, Arabella. You told us here. Nobody wants a headache. But in the same way, we cannot live without a head. <laughs> so sometimes it's a need. I speak this way because we are church. We are church. Not this idea that we have about a building, a beautiful building, a big one, comfortable one, warming one. But the church, church is people. 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 People like us, with our limitations, with our fragilities, with our weaknesses, desires, and problems. Yes, the church has problems, if you didn't know. Because I'm here. Because I'm here, Paulo. Not because I came from other country or I don't know how to speak English, but because I'm a human. And I will tell something with some strong words. Because I'm here, because I'm a sinner, reached by love of God, transformed by Jesus. Yes. It is true, the church is made up by sinners, or made up of sinners, that now 
because of Jesus, live to honor and glorify the Almighty God. Can you put yourself in this list? Is you part of this church, of this role of sinners? Once I've heard from somebody that, in fact, only the worst ones comes to church. Wow. If you think that you are good, and this is the reason that you are here, it's a mistake. Nobody really becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ unless, unless they recognize that they are a sinner lost in their sins and worthy of eternal dimension. Wow, this word is hard as well, even to learn. Dimension, eternal dimension. Wow, we don't want to hear these things. These are an archaic and outdated words, even to a linguistic doctor. <laughs> Archaic and outdated words, aren't they? Do you like to hear these things, that you are a sinner? That you need forgiveness? That somebody needs to do something because I cannot do? These words that can be even offensive for the ears of our days. The years of our times. But that is exactly what the word of God says that I am. But in a supernatural way. Completely different of everything that we know and we can make. In a supernatural way and also by a supernatural power. The church is wonderful. It's wonderful to be church. Because of Jesus. With all our differences here. And we have a lot. Our backgrounds. Maybe our languages. Our skin color. Our think and thoughts. Our mindsets. We have a lot of differences. But because of Jesus. The church is the best community to live in. In this world. And it is the only one that will last. For all eternity. The church. The church. As I said the apostle Peter. He wrote his two letters to the spread Christians. At that time. The church. That was spread because of the persecution. He wrote to teach them how to be church. He's not trying to evangelize anybody. He's not trying to change the religion of the people around those that were there. He's writing, he's writing, he's writing, sorry, to teach that people and to encourage them in the face of that persecution that took many lives. The persecution that was raging in those days against the followers of Jesus. The ones that were in the way. He wrote to believers. People that knew Jesus already. People that heard about Jesus. That were touched by the Holy Spirit. Peter is trying to tell them, this is the way God waits and wants you to live. 
people who were willing to die. Yes, because this was the persecution consequence or consequence of the persecution. Staff as well. People that were or who were willing to die for the faith and for the name of Jesus. And of course, because of his message of salvation, completely different of what they heard before. Among other things, he reminds those believers of the privilege of being church. Yes, it is your life that is in risk, but this is to be church. This is to be the body of Christ. And his words, Peter's words, reach us today, here, with some strong points to remind us how we must live. We, that are church. Sometimes not together, not with all these numbers, one alongside another one, but alone at home, you are church. We are church. Walking in the streets, in your work, in the university, wherever you are, you are church because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we must live in a different way. The church must be purified. Oh, another hard work. Another hard word that we don't want to listen. Don't, we don't want to hear. And I was a bit afraid of these words. But when you heard the songs that we sung, talking about a different life, a life that can honor, that can glorify, that can show Jesus to the world, a life that asks for his blessing over us. So yes, I can use these words. The church must be purified. And it is very true that the church is already purified. The Bible says to us, by the blood of Jesus. Oh, we spoke about this last week and the week before. About his death. His blood that was shed. The life that came through this blood. And his resurrection. And the life that comes with this as well. Yes, walking in the light. We are purified as church. And by the obedience to the truth, we are purified. John, the evangelist, wrote some letters as well. In the first one that he wrote, in the chapter 1, the verse 7, he said, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. From all sin. And as I said, Peter, just a few verses before the ones we read here this morning, says something very near to that. And he said, in the verse 22 of the chapter 1, Now that you have purified, purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply for the heart, from the heart. Some versions will tell from the depth of your heart that is stronger. And he continues in the verse 23. 
For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of unperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. To whom Peter and John is talking, is writing. Just to that church, or those people there, or to us today. Do we believe in this? Do we believe that this is true? That this applies to my life? Those regenerated by the word of God, by the truth, Jesus himself, are members of the church and have a new life. This is what we expect. This is our target. This is God's desire. But this does not mean that we need to be perfect or we will be perfect. No, we will not. Our nature, this Paulo that should be dead, it is still here. It is still here fighting for its place in our hearts. We should not sin, but we do sin. The Lord knows us, and for his mercy, he's ready to forgive us. Ready to forgive us. Do you know why? Because of Jesus. Not because of me. Not because you are worthy of this forgiveness, but because of Jesus. John, again, still writing the second, in the first letter, in the second chapter, he says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. This is what he wants, what he expects from us. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Verse 1 of chapter 2 of first letter of John. This could be a great excuse for us to be comfortable with this life that goes time after time against God's will to his children. We sometimes just rest in this affirmation that we will be always be forgiven, forgiven because of Jesus. But in his perfection and in his, in his sovereignty, God allows us to take part in this process. This process of purification that I said before. Understanding his plan, God's plan, and answering in a practical way to this life. Peter as we read here, the first verse of this second chapter tells us, therefore, read yourselves. Read yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Read yourself. You are part of this. You have responsibility. We have this as church we need to walk together with Jesus in this process. 
Yes, we need to take decisions in our lives. We are part of this process, but in God's hands. If we live this way, as a church, we must grow. Grow with enthusiasm. Church, in our church, us as church, we are alive. Because Jesus is alive. Because he is the reason of the church. There is no other reason for us to be here if it's not Jesus. We are wrong if we do this. The church must grow with enthusiasm. We have read that. Like newborn babies, we should desire with all our hearts, craving. This is a strong word that I learned yesterday. Craving. Craving. Yes, I need this. Crave with or desire with all our hearts the pure spiritual milk. It's a good comparison. Be like newborn babies. And every time that I saw Mia, she gives me a smile. And I can imagine how many things she will learn in his life, in her life, as we are trying to do with Jesus. Like babies, newborn babies, making a lot of mistakes, put the hands where we don't do, we don't have to. <laughs> Asking things that sometimes we have answers already. But we should desire this life with Jesus in the church. It says that through that, this growing, this milk, this food to feed us, we may grow up in our salvation. We need to develop our salvation. We need to be happy with that. It's what we read in the verse 2. Growing up, growing up. The Christian life is growing and this growth must be experienced with enthusiasm, excitement, joy, peace. Despite all the challenges and despite ourselves. <laughs> Again, life to the full. Life in Jesus Christ. Have you heard this before? Have you heard that he died for us to have life to the full and life in him because now I'm not living anymore but he lives in me have you heard this before it's a good change it's a good challenge this is how the church must grow to be church is not boring no maybe you can think this way because you heard this way from somebody outside of the church to be church is not boring if you live with Jesus. If you discover everything that Jesus has to you. It's a wonderful adventure. Yes. Here or in Bima. Here or in Brazil. Here or in the jungle. Here or anywhere that you can go. It's a huge adventure. Amazing. It's amazing to grow alongside you, people. You. Learning from you. And you're sick to be more like Jesus. And I can see this in your face. 
I can see how much we want to be like Jesus in everything that you do and learn and walk together. Theologians, oh, now it's the academic thing, use three expressions of three moments in our salvation. One of these words is regeneration. To be done again, made again. That happened to us on the day we received Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. This is past, this is consummated, done, and unique act. The second word is sanctification, which is the part we live in, the present, now. And the third one is glorification, which deals with life in eternity, when we will be completely away from sin and everything that we suffer here. Many of us here, I will not dare to, tell, to say that every one of us, but many of us here are living in this present time, in this process, seeking this holiness that brings honor and praise to the name of Jesus. Not simply, simply expecting to receive blessings from the Lord, but living in a way that leads us to grow to understand our limitations and how much we need God. How much we need to understand that we need to live this life depending on God and Jesus Christ. Growing. We must grow with the enthusiasm, as I said. With this need of a child who desires its mother's milk. I ask you, I would like to ask you something. Some of you are living this life for a long time already, walking this way for many, many years. Are you enthusiastic about your Christian life? Are you showing others around you that is a life worthy to be lived? That you have that joy and that peace that nothing else can do to you or can give to you or can bring it to your life? Are you enthusiastic in your Christian life? Because Peter, in the verse 3, he makes a question, but it's a statement as well. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Did you? Did you taste this feeling of the goodness of God? Of the love of Jesus Christ in your life? At the point to be enthusiastic in your life? And share this life with others? Share with them, with this world around us? A world that is suffering without hope? With pain? Are you enthusiastic to share what you tasted? Because in this way, another point that Peter brought to us in this letter 
is that the church, church must be edified or built up. We must draw near to Jesus, walk with him, allow him to guide us, learn from him, and live in a way he wants us to live. Jesus was called the living stone. He was rejected by men, but he's precious to God and precious to those who believe in him. Peter shows Jesus as the foundation in whom God's plan of salvation for humanity is fulfilled. Everything that we heard the last two weeks about the mission, the task, and the obedience of Jesus Christ comes to us and shown us God's love. We see this between the verses 4 and 8, and I don't have time to go deeper on that. I would like to. But Peter quotes the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, talking about Jesus. And even the Psalm 118, in the same way, talking about this stone, this foundation that the engineers, the builders, rejected, but was the one chosen by God to do his will. In Jesus, we build the church. In him, we are edified. We are also called living stones. The verse 5 tells us this one. You are also living stones. Living stones used by God for the building of a spiritual house, which is the church. Us, living together, walking together, supporting each other. Not in the way I think that I can love myself, but now in the way that Jesus loves me. This is the new commandment. It's not only the reference to love the other, the neighborhood. In a way I love myself, but now it's in a way that Jesus loved me at the point to give his own life for me. Are we loving this way? Are we living this way as church? Oh, the difference. Uh, yes, I forgot the difference. They sometimes not allowed us to live this way or to love this way because we are different. When we leave the experience of having tasted the goodness of God, the experience of recognizing Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives with enthusiasm, we daily surrender ourselves to his will. And we show his glory to the world that surrounds us. The world that rejected Jesus and also rejects us because of him. We edify the church of the Lord when we put into practice the gifts we have been given for this purpose so that the Lord Jesus may be seen, may be known and recognized as the only one worthy of our lives and also the only one who can give us true peace. We need to know Jesus to make Jesus known. We need to experience this first. We need to taste this goodness, this love, this mercy first. Are you searching for peace? The battle is difficult. The war outside is so hard. Jesus is the answer. 
Oh, old cliché. Okay. Is the truth. Is the truth that sometimes a lot of people is trying to make up in a different way. Change this truth. But it's true. Jesus is the only way to peace. Jesus is the only way to live the real life that we can live in abundance. If we live this way, we will make a difference in a chaotic society, far from the values and principles of the kingdom of God. Purified, grown with enthusiasm, edified. For these things to happen, we need to assume as a, as a church, we need to assume our identity. Identity. When I look around me, here in Europe, all around the world, what I can see in my pure perspective, poor perspective, sorry, not pure, poor, it's a huge lack of identity to the human being. We don't know who we are. We don't know who we want to be. It's a huge lack of identity. And we received from somebody that is special and never changes a new identity. And sometimes we are afraid to use it to assume it, and to take it as ours. We need to go back to our foundation. We need to go back to Jesus, the living stone. Look to him. Know him. And assume what we are as church. What we are as church. And mainly, who we are as Jesus' followers, disciples of Jesus Christ, children of God. Wow. It's a strong identity. Otherwise, if we don't take this identity to ourselves, we are failing. We are failing in the task was entrusted into us. If we don't have this identity clear, visible in us, we are failing, trying to show the world who is Jesus. Peter, and not only him, but the Word of God itself, makes a clear separation between those who carry the identity of Jesus Christ in their lives their day-to-day, and those who do not. And I'm not marginal, marginal, I don't know, putting the marginal people here, separating people here. No. You remember in the beginning, I'm a sinner. I'm the biggest one, maybe. We are all in the same place here, but because of Jesus, because of his identity, because of who he is, this separation is done. And this is the main purpose of the church, to be different, 
to be different and to make difference in the places we live. Some of us even have the desire or the interest to do something for the Lord, to do something for God. But as I said, first we need to recognize what our identity is, who we are. Who are we before Jesus and before the world around us? How the people outside see us? How they look to us? How they, they identify us? This needs to be very clear to ourselves and to others around us. I remember that in my first meeting here with the leadership, maybe in April 2018, I was invited to be there. And one of the points that we are talking there, discussing there, it was about the, how to be relevant in the society we are living in. How to share this message, how to, to bring this truth to the society around us, and even though be relevant. Using these archaic words like sin, like salvation, like sanctification, holiness, maybe this is not appropriate anymore today. Maybe you can find another word. Maybe you can stop to use some of these words in our sermons because this will offend people. Maybe you can rewrite the Bible with different words and uh, use those that are more soft for the people that need to hear. And I remember that at the end of that meeting, one statement was clear to me and to the others there in that room. To be relevant doesn't mean to be the same or to be equal. To be relevant doesn't mean that you need to say the same words or to dress the same clothes or to go to the same places. To be relevant is to have the truth in your mouth. It's to have, it's to have in your life what can make the difference and change people around you. In verse 9, Peter says that we are a chosen generation. All who are part of the church have been chosen by God's sovereign will and wonderful grace. The church, us, belongs to him, to God. We are his properties. We did not choose God. We did not choose God, but he chose us. He chose us, it's what is written. It's what we can understand from everything that we try to find in the Bible. We must exercise our identity and live in holiness because we are, this is the word, the exclusive people of God. Called to be church in order to proclaim the praise of the eternal God. And we have this in the verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, 
that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This should be enough. This should be enough for us to live a wonderful life. Just this statement here. Enough. Glorifying the Father, witnessing, witnessing to Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we had a baptism here. And I was talking to Lino, the one that was baptized before his baptism. We were talking about what he was planning to share as his testimony with us. And this was my suggestion to him. Talk about who Lino was. So, you talk about what Jesus did in Lino's life. And now, you say who Lino is because of Jesus. This is the best testimony we can share because of Jesus. I believe that that is exactly what the verse 10 teaches us. And I will finish with it. Once you were not people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had no received mercy, but now you have received mercy. In Jesus Christ, now we are church. And that's a huge privilege. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you believe. I don't know how far you are willing to go with this faith, with this word of God, with this thing that we believe is the reason of our life. God brought us here with all the differences we have, being who we are, but because of Jesus, we are church. And this is the best place to be. May the Lord bless us. I want to pray. Lord, we want to say thank you. Thank you for your word. That despite me, is the truth. And touch our hearts with different reactions. Comfort, certainty, maybe more doubt, confrontations, anger sometimes, rejection many times. But we ask you to bless us, to open our understanding and give us the discernment of your Holy Spirit to live in a way that honors and glorifies you. This is your church. We are your church. We want to share your love, your compassion, and your mercy through Jesus Christ abiding in us.
being part of our day-to-day -day life. Not only with a building beautiful, with good administrative decisions, but in the way we live every second of our lives to show Jesus to the world, to bring light to this world of darkness, to bring peace to the chaos that is around us. Bless us, Lord. Give us strength and the power to be your witnesses. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Shall we stand then if uh, we're able and we'll sing our final song. Come